Hi, this is James from Snyder Chalk Talk Ministries. If you love chalk art, enjoy the show and get ready to be chalked and amazed. This episode of Chalked and Amazed is brought to you by Monkey Wrench Press, publishers of great literature like Parachuting for Beginners by Hugo First. Available in fine bookstores everywhere. Welcome and thanks for joining us here at Chalked and Amazed, your radio podcast for gospel chalk artists. I'm your host, Carrie Kistler. If you haven't stopped by the Chalked and Amazed website, take a moment to surf on over there and view some of the free resources that are available for free download. You'll find them listed in the sidebar area of the website, uh, including Chalk Art, Catching the Vision, a 39-page booklet. Now, this episode of Chalk and Amazed features a special friend that I made at uh, Dink Tooling's Chalk uh, Art Conference a couple of years back up in Michigan. His name is James Snyder. Uh, his wife, Tracy, is a singer and also a great cook. She fed us all week long. Uh, his teenage son, Adam, is also a fledgling chalk artist who just got his license, by the way. So if you're in the uh, Shillington, Pennsylvania area, you might want to keep your eyes open and <laughs> wear a crash helmet, okay? <laughs> James, thanks for being a part of Chalked and Amazed. Well, thanks for having me, and I'm overwhelmed that you know so much about me. That's way cool. So, <laughs> Now, I just said that you guys are located in Shillington, Pennsylvania. Where is that in the state? Well, that's uh, just outside the city of Reading in a little suburb of uh, Shillington. So. Shillington. We're the southern door to, to Reading, PA. Oh, all right. Well, I want to find out a little bit about your past, about your history. We met each other and spent a number of days, but I don't think that we ever plumbed the depths of your past, and I'm very interested in finding out how it was that you got involved in chalk art, what your first exposure to it was. Well, my first exposure was, uh, I would say, like 1970 or something. When I was six or seven years old, there was a man in our church that did chalk talks, and he did his Christmas program, and it was so neat to watch, you know, the red and the blue flames of the fire, and I don't know, he just had a good message that, uh, that was my first introduction to chalk art. Now, in 1990, that's when I picked up my first piece of chalk. It was for our youth group. I was a youth group leader with um, several other, I guess, counselors or youth directors and the pastor, and we were having this meeting uh, preparation for our Christmas party, and we were sitting around and saying, well, we'll have a pizza at the pastor's house and the fire, and the kids can tell us how much God's working in their lives, and I was like... These kids are going to be bored. I'd like to do a chalk talk. And uh, so those people I was working with were saying, what's a chalk talk? And I said, well, you have to experience it. So after that meeting, I I called up my friend from uh, the area I grew up from, and he was gracious enough to show me his Christmas picture. And we sat up in his dining room, and uh, he gave me step-by-step instructions. I do the hillside, I do shepherds, I do the nativity, and uh, I went home and practiced vigorously in the basement for, uh, I don't know, four sheets of paper, and did my first presentation for our youth group. I think I drew for like 45 minutes, and these kids were stone silent, and uh, 
that was my introduction the first time I picked up a piece of chalk. Right. And uh, it, God has opened doors from there. Now, who was your friend that uh, that worked with you there, your first, okay, your it, first teacher? He was uh, Steve Myers, who was just, uh, let's see, he's, well, he might be in his 70s now. But he had... Uh, Impromptu Lee did chalk talks uh, throughout my childhood, and then I guess I would imagine he's still doing them. James, did you have any other mentors or teachers in your past that uh, uh, took you teachers, under their Teachers, yeah, I'm not sure what a mentor is. I guess somebody you just fashion your life after. But I, I had teachers. I went to that Ding Tooling seminar uh, that you were at, and actually that was the second time I went. I went first in uh, 2000. And I was pretty much, that was the first time I ever went to a, any kind of seminar, and I was sort of closed-minded because I thought I had the formula for Chalk Talk, and Ding does these beautiful hidden pictures, and I was under the, I don't know if surmise is the right word, but I was under the impression that you needed to draw everything from a blank page in front of the people, and he sort of cheated and had half his message, and that's the way I do it now, and it works very effectively, and I'm so glad I went. Um, sure. What was that like for you when you went to your very first uh, conference, when you saw Ding um, teaching, and, and probably Dave, his son, was there as well, correct? Uh, the first year he was not. Uh, it was just Peggy Escher and, and Ding, actually. I think they were the only two. And what was it like? It was very enlightening, actually. Uh, I learned a lot about the color wheel and stuff like that. I mean, I'm an artist. People call me an artist, but I don't know the rules of arting. I don't know complementary colors that go next to each other. And, you know, I, I have perspective, but that's about where it stops. So I learned a lot about what works well next to each other and stuff like that. And I did learn the, uh, I guess Ding calls it a hidden message. I call it a pre-draw or to be exposed right. <laughs> uh, message, which works very well. So he taught you the uh, the technique of doing the hidden drawings or the phantom drawings? Yeah, pretty much. He explained it as drawing in the negative, what you want light, you leave dark, and vice versa. If, you know, Would you? if... If there's nothing I haven't learned, or if there's anything I've learned in 2000 till now, I don't know how many years that is, but the way to draw in black light chalk is don't make mistakes. <laughs> and the only way to do that is practice, practice, practice. They are kind of hard to erase, aren't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually I'm getting better at erasing. <laughs> so. All right, well, uh, how many uh, drawings, speaking of them, uh, would you have in your toolbox? How many have you developed since you began? Since I began, I know we have 24, and I think I've added to that, so I would say 26 or 8, you know, on demand. Some are once and done. We have probably 12 active pictures. I know we list 16 in our brochure, but for the most part, some just stay there. <laughs> right. Speaking of your brochure now, um, the name of your ministry is uh, Snyder Chalk Talk Ministries. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. Yep, Snyder Chalk Talk, or you can add the ministries. Okay. It's a service. <laughs> right. And uh, when did that actually officially kind of get launched? Uh, back in uh, 1990 when you did your first chalk, chalk um, drawing? 
Potentially, yes. In 1990, I did the one for our youth group, and fortunately or unfortunately, there, the co-counselor was a program director at a summer camp, and she demanded, <laughs> she was insistent, uh, she said, you have to bring this to camp, and I was like, no, so I promptly built my own board with my own lights and <laughs> took it to camp, and I think that first year, so that would have been 91, I think 91 through 94, and I'm just guessing, I think our average was about four presentations a year. And it was that way, oh, I don't know, for the first four, six, eight years. And then, you know, we started doing 30 a year and 45 a year, and we became, wow, somebody. I mean, you're talking to the guy that used to take your phone number and information and directions and write them on a napkin and uh, wind up at your church <laughs> to do a presentation. I had no idea what I was in for. Um, I don't know the exact year, but I know one year we did 140 presentations, and that's exactly where I'd like to be right now. But, so uh, your bivocational in the sense that... Uh your main source of income is uh, your carpentry work, correct? Yes. But you have a desire to launch out full-time and to do this uh, as um, a ministry vocation. Yeah, we've tried now for two years to come under a mission board, but they just don't recognize us as missionaries because we're in the States and because I don't have the hours or the the letters after my name. <laughs> So we're just not recognized as missionaries. But uh, we're trying desperately to go into the world and preach the gospel. Right. Well, I appreciate that desire, and I was right where you are um, not that many years ago. Just a weekend warrior and taking as many bookings as I could fit in. And uh, God had a different path for us and opened up something for us where we could use it full time. And I know that when the time is right, uh, when God... Uh, has a path for you to follow. He has a way of kicking down the doors. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to uh, ask you what your typical program looks like that you're presenting now. You say you have done as many as 140 in a year, and believe me, that's full-time. <laughs> <laughs> it was an exciting year, yeah. Our average now, I think, and I'd have to ask my wife, but I, th I think our average would be about 80 or 85 Okay, that's still that's a good uh, that's a good slate, uh, a booking slate to have filled. That's not not a bad average when you're working full time <laughs> at another job. So, what do your shows look like when you go to present a program at a church? What can the people expect to uh, to see? Well, uh, let's see. What can they expect to see if they're used to going into a sanctuary and seeing stained glass windows? They'll walk <laughs> in and they will be covered with uh, black plastic and tastefully. But um, they'd be uh, entering into whatever room we present. Uh, they would see a roughly three-foot by four-foot board set up in the front left corner of the room or on the stage. That would give me room to stay to one side, and also my wife sings throughout our presentations, so that gives her an opportunity to stand in the front also and not obstruct view. Uh, on the page, excluding two presentations, they would see a, an atmosphere of clouds and blue sky. So your programs are, are about how long? 
Uh, an hour. Okay. They're between 45 and 65 minutes. And so they include you drawing, uh, Tracy singing, mm-hmm. and uh, any other components besides? Um, only if we have visual aids. I know we do David and Goliath, and we have some uh, tangible things that people can actually put their eyes on. We have a coat of mail, and we have uh, the weaver's beam, and we have a scale Goliath. You know, little things that make that story a little bit more touchable. <laughs> right. So do you do some storytelling and some preaching along with it? Yeah, I usually start with uh, the background of Chalk Talk and a little commercial about our literature table because we are about spreading God's word. So, you know, I always pose the question, what does gospel mean? And then I challenge them to use the literature that we provide to read and then give out. That's pretty much our opening. And then maybe just a short verse or something to think about while you listen to the contemporary Christian music playing and me drawing. Uh, And then I usually have a five to 12 minute little sermon at the end or a little bit at the beginning draw and a little bit at the end and always an invitation at the end. Always an invitation. Always an invitation. Good, good. What's the typical length of your drawings? Uh, They're between 19 and 23 minutes. Uh, Anything longer than that, and that may be too long. I have done one, two, three, four (laughs) presentations where I I drew the large picture to one song. I've always wanted to do that, and in August I have opportunity to do that again, so that'll be exciting. Do you have a particular method that you use when you're developing a a drawing to, to present? Well, typical method, uh, pray. Um, we check the scripture first, and then we check our music library, and then we sort of fashion the picture between the two. When I first started, I always said I would get God's word out, and if that be that I'd get the message out in the picture, and if I couldn't get it out in the picture, I would get it out in the music, and if I couldn't get it out in the picture or the music, I'd get it out in God's Word, so, so that's your approach. the method, yeah. Right. How about your soundtracks? Do you have a, a way that you approach your building your soundtracks, or a way that you put them together? Yeah. My wife sits on the love seat, and she gets the music in her head, she runs to our music library and finds the artist and the, the music, and She's the one that creates the, the soundtracks and makes the, I don't know, the, the story told through the music. She's pretty good. All right. So she builds what you draw to. Right. Yeah, and either she puts the music together and I choreograph the picture, or I'll have the picture and she'll find something that suits. Okay. Um, do you have a particular way that you mix uh, your music together, or do you? Yeah, uh, actually, she builds it off of. Uh, we either use the artist soundtrack, or we buy the vocal track, and my wife will sing to that. And uh, we build it. I guess <laughs> I don't know what she does. I know we use a mini disc player, so it makes it uh, shuffleable. Uh, it's not like we're burning a CD and it's once and done. We have the, we can move things around, which is a fortunate thing. <laughs> so you're saying that uh, Tracy sings the whole time you draw? Uh, for one of our presentations, she sings 
everything, and we try to use her voice as often as possible just because it seems to be more personal instead of just having, you know, a record player playing or a tape deck or whatever. You just have a, a live person singing to you. So she has at least two songs in every presentation, though average is five. So All we right. usually have five songs that I draw to and then one to to wrap everything up. So are all your uh, programs gospel in nature, or um, do you ever get bookings from civic organizations or other secular kinds of groups? Yeah. When I started, I always said I would do it if it was biblically based, and I've stood by my guns. Uh, I did do last year one presentation where I didn't offer an invitation because that organization said, and I understand where they're coming from, so I honored their wishes. But they said, you know, we can't have you professing one religion because we are a community gathering. So if we let you preach one way, then we'd have to let, um, you know, Buddhists and people that worship rocks, and you'd have to let anybody come in. So I honored their wish. Uh, it was a patriotic presentation, and the, the music was very much Christ-centered. And uh, I just closed by saying we need God in America again, and sat down. And there were plenty of hearty amens. So we still got God's word out. It just wasn't from my mouth. Now, I know that you believe that chalk art is a powerful medium in presenting the gospel. And I'm wondering why you... Why should we use chalk talk as a medium to share the gospel? It is such an easy way to come in the back door. People come into a dark room, they have no clue what's going to happen unless they've seen a presentation, and they just, they're open to whatever happens. You can come in and be, you know, all uptight, and then you're sitting in a dark room for 25 minutes, and you're listening to music, which soothes the soul, and you're trying to figure out what's happening in front of you, and now you're all distracted in a good way. And it, it just seems to open up your heart and your mind to receive whatever the Holy Spirit may or may not do. Uh, I, that's why I do what I do. I think it's a selfish thing. I enjoy watching people change. <laughs> it, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it is so powerful. And I ask all my guests this question. Of all the things that I have done in performance, uh, evangelism kinds of work, and we do a lot of different variety things, chalk art seems to have the most power behind it. It seems to be the most captivating. Uh, The lights are down. You've uh, just gotten, uh, you know, finished with the drawing. The black light comes on. um, You know, the the music comes to a climax. And it's it's amazing to see the reaction from from the audience at that point. And the lights are down, the, the hidden picture is uh, now revealed, and it just, it's like, uh, you know, striking while the iron is hot. It's a perfect time to have an altar call. People can come forward um, because the lights are low or off, so there's a little less uh, threat there as far as, you know, feeling embarrassment to do such a thing. And the response has just been phenomenal. And I've wondered why it is that chalk art has not really jumped over into the secular world as a medium of entertainment like uh you know um, being a magician or a ventriloquist or any other kind of an entertainer why do you suppose do you have a theory as to why chalk art is not seen more in the secular world uh, as a form of entertainment yeah well 
I, I can't understand why it isn't a, a weekend thing and people drive out of their way to see it. But I do understand, and it's been voiced on more than one occasion, <laughs> the question is how in this multimedia world can you do something so antiquated? And people are misguided and misled and have a misunderstanding that chalk art is like flannel graph and they want power and bright lights and beats. And I think these people that are, I don't know if jaded's the right word, but they just haven't seen a presentation or at least a presentation from, you know, this century. So are you, are you saying that uh, some of the chalk art that's being done uh, today is not that interesting to watch? See, I can't understand that, but that seems to be the impression that I get from talking to people. What do you think of the way it's being presented today? Well, I can only speak for myself. I think it's presented, and I'm going by the response that I have access to. One, people are like starving for God's Word, and the opportunity to receive Him. And I don't know that that's being, I don't want to sound whatever, but I don't know that people are hearing the message of, you know, death, burial, and resurrection, that we need a Savior, and that this is a free gift offered to you every day to pick up and apply to your life. Put people in a dark room, give them some place to focus, and hearts and minds can be changed. I mean, from the response we see at the given invitation, I mean... It's overwhelming. And then to talk to people personally, I mean, more than once, Tracy and I drive away from a presentation and go, who are we that these people talk to us like this? We'll share life history, life story, um, all kinds of stuff. We have no right to even begin to listen to, and they're sharing their life story with us. And Who knows how the Holy Spirit moves? Right. It's really not us, is it? It's the Holy it's, Spirit. It's not us. You know, we've said, you know, what's right, what's wrong. We've said we'd make ourselves available, and now we're saying, you know, what we do is going to have a kingdom focus, and that is our desire with Chalk Talk. You know, James, I think that when I look at the Chalk Art world, the number of people involved in it is pitifully low. Uh, there are only, you know, a few hundred that tinker around with chalk art, maybe a few more. Uh, but as far as uh, people using it in a full-time ministry, and like you, bivocational, uh, doing it, you know, um, a serious enthusiast. Uh, and, and I would, you know, position you above, you know, an avid hobbyist. It's really... Uh, it's, a, it's a burden or desire. Yes. I have a strong desire. Yes, you're, you're at that uh, juncture in life where, you know, the crossroads where it's something that you feel a calling toward and you're waiting on God to kind of open the door. And what I'm driving at, I guess the question I'm, I'm wanting to ask is, what can? why do you think the numbers are so low? Why, why are there so few people using chalk artists as, a, uh, as an evangelistic tool or as a preaching tool, presentational tool? And what can we do as chalk artists to help improve that? Wow. I wish I knew. I think, you know, I'm surviving on word of mouth. We've tried to advertise and... Uh, that doesn't work for us. Um, I really don't know how to get it on the table that it's a, a must-see. I mean, here in 
wherever we live, Reading, Pennsylvania. If you go a little bit south into Lancaster, we have um, uh, Sight and Sound. Yes. It's like, yeah. Now, people drive out of the state to come to this place to watch live actors do a play about whatever. And I don't understand why they won't drive out of their way to see a chalk talk. I don't, I don't know why... I don't well, know how to publicize it. Let me uh, let me ask this in a slightly different way. How can we recruit new chalk artists? What what can be done to help uh, expand our ranks and get more people involved in using chalk in their own ministries? Good question, huh? It is, it is a good <laughs> question. I'm trying to figure out how to... I'm, I'm only going on a, a, a history that has happened to me in New York is these... You know, we were breaking down our equipment, and then for the long and the short of it, I sort of babysat, or at least had the privilege of meeting these two twin children that were just beaming that I would even let them touch the chalk, much less draw on a board. And so I cut my board in half on the paper, and uh, one drew on the left, and one drew on the right, and they were just eating this up. Uh, there is a desire to touch the chalk and get dirty. I don't know if they're just too young and then life creeps in and shuts out the thought that, hey, maybe I could draw for Jesus. Uh, I've had plenty of conversations where they want to know to learn more, and I send them to the Ding Toolings and the other chalk artists out there. But whether they actually act on that... Do you teach at all? Have you taken or tried to take anybody... Uh, under your wing, sort of as a as a mentor or a, or a teacher, and giving them some some little right. lessons. Besides your I son, think. I know that you work with your son, Adam. Yeah, I I think he's taught me more than I've taught him, but he I think he learned by watching, and uh, he has taught me a lot. And I think I've taught him. I really like to think that I taught the the twins up in New York, and I do have opportunity uh, to do an arts camp this. August, so I will be teaching some students that way. I don't know, you know, it may be just learn to draw, not necessarily learn to be a chalk artist. Uh, and I have met a woman who does chalk talks in our area. She's from Lancaster, and uh, she teaches people the arts, but she definitely wants to get into the chalk art, whatever kind of. She would do the visible drawing, and I would teach the invisible drawing. Sort of the seminar syndrome, but it's it's still in the on the blackboard. <laughs> We'd like to make that happen, and I haven't. She's she's not completely confident, and to be truthful, I'm scared to death. But I do have this underlying desire to teach. Also, it's how to make that happen. The fascinating thing is that I was exposed to chalk art when I was just a child, probably of nine or ten. My pastor, Stephen Kiplinger, was a chalk artist. I kind of followed, followed in his footsteps as, as far as the art career. Um, he was bivocational. He, he was a preacher as well as an artist, a, a wonderful portrait painter, oil painter, sign painter. And I always felt interested in chalk art and kind of drawn to chalk art. And here I had these art skills and training but I never believed that I could be fast enough as an artist. 
because I would spend, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours, you know, painstakingly drawing a pen and ink or watercolor and oil or whatever it might be. And I thought to get in front of a crowd and do something in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, it just seemed undoable, mm-hmm. uh, unimaginable. And it wasn't until I uh, went to Gary Means Chalk Conference out in uh, Baden, uh, Pennsylvania, that I began to understand that, you know, with with a with a solid understanding of technique, that the drawings didn't have to be finished. You could approach that paper, and uh, the drawings would simply be an you know impressionistic. They would be more of a sketch than a finished drawing. As a child, my memories were of a much more finished product. And when I saw Gary draw, it looked finished until I stepped up and was two feet away. Right. And then I realized, well, this is just a sketch. It's not even really finished. I, I think I can do this. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what hey, began... Don't tell these people that. Yeah. And that's what yeah. began to kind of break down my fear uh, of the easel and of chalk and of, of giving it a whirl. Now, I remember going home from that conference... And setting up in my basement to do some some drawing, I threw on uh, you know a cassette or a CD of, of some Christian music, and I had an idea of what I wanted to draw, and I just drove away as fast as I could draw. And it was about an hour and a half later when I got finished. <laughs> and I was dripping sweat, and I thought, I can't draw any faster than this. Uh, but uh, it is possible once you learn the shortcuts and how to do it. And that's where these conferences come in so handy. So... Uh, I'm glad to know that you are um, kind of taking on the mantle of teacher and uh, and trying to share some of your skill and understanding with other students. I think that's a wonderful thing. Well, that's just making myself available. Now, I know you do other artwork besides chalk. You've got some prints, I think, and some cards mm-hmm. available for sale on your website. Uh, what else do you do? What do you like to do besides chalking in front of people, art-wise? Uh, art-wise? Well, I like building with stone, uh, and I like framing with wood, building cabinets. I'm, I'm an artist. <laughs> I like gardening, but I don't like weeding. But uh, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. What media do you work in besides chalk? Mostly chalk, but then pencil. Uh, I enjoy pencil sketching. Okay. Uh, and I'm more in tones. You know, I use one one medium, but different pressure creates different tones. I want to talk a little bit about your equipment. And take a look under your hood. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your easel. Did you build it? Did someone else build it? What do you have up in that light hood? Uh, Up in the light hood, I have one fluorescent tube and three, four-foot fluorescent black lights and three blue lights three yellow lights, three red lights, and one spotlight. Um, That's pretty much the hood, uh, which is controlled from the floor at a box that I've built. Everything I've done for this outside of the the sliding retractable paint poles that I put the, the board itself on, built by me by process of... Something is the mother of invention. A necessity. Necessity, yeah. So that's how uh, the board has been made. I have a three-foot by four-foot board, which I use frequently just because we don't have a whole lot of big venues, but I do have the the larger board, which houses the full sheet of bogus paper. But most of the time I cut it down 
just so it fits in a room. <laughs> so you built your own easel. It was your own design. I built my own easel. Built it on. Uh, it stands on the cargo box. I have the sound system and everything we need for our presentations. Uh, plastic, the sound system, everything fits in a. I think it's 25 by 25 inch square box. And that houses everything but the board and an extra black light. So, you know, because in the beginning, you know, I was the easel, the light hood, everything was pieces. And if I'd get into a school or a large church, it was 13 trips to the van. <laughs> so I, I made the cargo box just to, you know, ride on a hand truck. Can you uh, tell me? About one of your uh, most interesting programs, maybe something that was amazing that happened or uh, an embarrassing moment. <laughs> well, the, uh, I think the most embarrassing moment was uh, we did a a long stint of Easter presentations. <clears throat> I mean, we had maybe nine or 13 presentations that month, and, and there was one that asked for the Last Supper. <laughs> for a presentation. Well, in a run of Easter, we had Easter on the brain, and I can remember sitting in the sanctuary and uh, Tracy leaning over to me and going, I think we're supposed to do the Last Supper. <laughs> <laughs> and so I promptly got up in front of the people and had to beg my humblest apology and say, uh, you know, we're supposed to do a different presentation, but we're going to do this one. And ironically enough, they called us back and we did the last <laughs> up for the next year. So ah. if you're having trouble getting people, yeah, you get the two for one. <laughs> I think that's the most embarrassing thing. I think the most outstanding thing was, uh, I can remember a presentation where I had done the presentation, had given the invitation, and was closing in prayer, and I just said, you know, it's so simple that if we believe, and this person in the middle of my prayer said, what do you mean believe? What do you mean just believe? And I stopped praying, and that opened conversation for about 20 minutes on just believing and the freedom and the gift and uh, I think that's the most outstanding thing that I can remember from a presentation plus all the folks that you've seen uh, come to the Lord certainly um, yeah you know I can only think of three that actually physically I had the privilege of leading to the Lord that I'm confident that they made a decision for Christ we give the broad spectrum spectrum but Snyder Chalk Talk Ministries is pretty much hit and run. We give the opportunity, we give the invitation, but I don't know the fruit afterwards, which is okay. And I've seen the fruit through, like, with our uh, the first presentation that I did with our youth group and a couple posts after that, because I did several for our church, but the uh, pastor's daughter, who was younger than youth group age then is now a missionary in Russia and she wants us so bad to come over there because she remembers those first I mean she can literally say I remember James when <laughs> and you know we've gone from drawing for 45 minutes to drawing for 20 minutes it's, it's just amazing how God uses even me 
your your venues are mostly church venues. Um, no, actually, they're not. Well, I mean, mostly they are, but we do get into adult daycare centers. We get into uh, family backyard picnics. We've done several wedding receptions. Um, yeah, we have a, a broad spectrum. We've had at least three opportunities to go into prisons, but they just can't allow our equipment in, but there's a strong desire to get into prisons. So we've been in... Um, rehab facilities, which is an incredible place to be, <laughs> and uh, I like going there as frequently as we can. So, no, we're, we're not strictly church. We get into schools. I haven't been into a public school, but Christian and Catholic schools we get in. I'm curious to know, um, if you don't mind sharing with our listeners, how are you booked as far as fees? Are you, do you work on an offering basis or an honorarium or a combination? Yes, we don't set a fee for our presentations, and that there's a broad spectrum. <laughs> so, so you're working kind of on a donation or an offering basis? Pretty much so, yep. What would you say your average offering is? It's probably around $100, a couple of dollars over, a couple of dollars under, would be the average. And that's that's just God. You know, there's some that give 25 and there's some that give 250 and there's some that... You just go, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, where can people find your schedule if they're interested to know where you're going to be? Uh, that would be at www.snyderchalktalk.com. That's S-N-Y-D-E-R, correct? Yes. What else can they find on your site if they were to go take a look? Everything about us. We're pretty much transparent. We have uh, a mission statement. We have what we're about. We have where we go. We have testimonies. We have artwork that's mm, available, but you would have to call us. I mean, we don't have, like, the online capacity yet to just buy, but we offer artwork, and my wife has a CD. Your products are pretty much uh, uh, your cards, your prints, and, uh, and your music. Now, the prints are not of your chalk art, though. Uh, no, they're actually... Uh, artwork that I've done throughout my lifetime. I was laid up with back issues uh, this past year, and I found a scripture in Isaiah that says, God's word does not return void. It accomplishes what it's set out to do. So I've applied scripture to my artwork, and I'm hoping that people read it in their den or office or wherever they read it, and it can change your life or get you through that day. James, we're about to the end of our time together. I wanted to just ask you another question about what you might have learned from chalk art. Anything special there? Yeah, it's humbling for me. Uh, like I said, you know, God will even use me. Uh, I'm that artist that doesn't think he's an artist. And I think that's because you're eight inches away from the board, but when you get to the back of the room, it actually looks like something. And if you can put a message that can mold and shape a life in a different direction together, that's exciting for me. I've learned that to draw quick, you don't make mistakes. So practice, practice, practice. And that's a message to myself. I need to practice more. I just make myself available. God does the rest. Less of me, more of him. Stay out of the way. We have a good presentation. When James gets in there, mm, <laughs> I do try to stay out of the way. 
do you have any other last closing words? My last closing words, which may be a little pointed, but uh, be your best and do your best. James, thanks uh, for taking time. Thanks for the privilege and the opportunity. All right, James, thanks again for joining us on Chalked and Amazed. Say hi to Tracy and Adam for me. I will do that, and you enjoy the balance of the evening. And you too. Bye-bye. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Hey, once again, thanks to all of our listeners for coming by Chalked and Amazed to listen to the most recent podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Take a moment once again to stop by our website, chalkedandamazed.com. One of the free downloadable resources that we have available on Chalked and Amazed is How to Build a Ladder Easel, written by Don Crotty. Check it out on the website, download it, see if it's something you might be able to use if you're just getting started. Well, after listening to my interview with James Snyder. I hope you feel a little encouragement in your own ministry as a chalk artist. I hope you found it interesting, a little entertaining, and maybe a little bit thought-provoking too. In short, I hope that now you feel chalked and amazed. (laughs) 